Think about that. Think of your sin. Think of the instances of your sin nailed to the cross right alongside the hands and feet of Jesus. My sin in Raleigh, North Carolina, nailed to the cross. My anger or my violence or my fits of rage, nailed to the cross. Your sexual immorality or your harsh words or your indifference to Jesus, nailed to the cross. And Satan and his lies and his accusations put in total ruin. Jesus triumphing over all of them. Satan can't use against you what Christ has already paid for. The lies he'd tell you, the sins of your past, no matter how truthful they might be, that he would use to blind you or oppress you or keep you from believing the gospel, believing in God's love for you, all those were nailed to the cross right alongside Jesus. Jesus has destroyed the works of the devil. And so hearing the accusations of Satan, reading the list that we just heard, That should drive you to do one thing, and that's simply to worship at the feet of your Savior. Run to Jesus and worship him. And here's the thing. I'm I'm not going to pretend to know all the reasons why God still allows Satan to have influence and power in the world. That's not for us to know. God easily could have snapped his fingers and banished Satan, completely erased him the moment he rebelled. He could easily do it now, but yet he allows Satan to have some influence, some power, some control in this world. But what I am confident of is every time we resist the devil, every time we hear his lies and we fight it with the gospel, every time we remember who Jesus says we are and we choose to not believe who Satan says we are, God is glorified. When Satan attempted to kill Jesus when he was born in Bethlehem and failed, God was glorified. And when Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness and failed, God was glorified. And when our Savior bled out on a cross and Satan thought he had won, God was glorified. And when Jesus was resurrected from the day three days later and banished sin and evil to the abyss and started his kingdom, the eternal kingdom of God forever, God was glorified. So now when Satan tempts you and you resist, God's glorified. When you pray and God uses your prayers to influence the world around you, God is glorified. And when you choose to believe what Jesus has to say about you rather than what Satan has to say about you, God is glorified. And there's going to be plenty to do in the next few weeks. Three more sermons on this, right? And you guys know I'm like the king of action steps. I love to just tell you what to do. And there's going to be a lot of that in the coming weeks. Action steps on prayer, action steps on obedience, on confronting the powers of evil in your life if necessary. But this week, it's simply about perception. It's simply about opening your eyes and understanding that there's a bigger world around you than the one that you think about every single day. Satan wants to keep you blind. He wants to keep you scoffing. He wants to keep you entertained by silly pictures of him carrying a pitchfork or, I don't know, like wearing a nice suit like in Netflix shows. Better yet, he'd want you to not think about him at all. You live in a world that scoffs at demons and angels or completely doesn't believe in them. And here's the thing. Your understanding and your prayers vastly change things. 
That's how God designed it. And we're going to spend a whole week on prayer in a couple of weeks, how your prayers influence the eternity of the people around you. But for this week, here's what I want from you. First thing is do not lean on your own understanding. That's what Proverbs says. And take it seriously. Jesus, or John says that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Take that seriously. You don't see everything that's around you. Don't believe that you do. Don't believe that your eyes are the only thing telling you what's going on around you. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own perception. Believe what the Bible has to say about the demonic and spiritual warfare all around you. And for this week, my only real action step for you is to simply start praying. Start praying for God to send angels in your life. Start praying against the demons and the the schemes of Satan in your life. And you don't need to know everything. You don't need to know all the right words. It's not a magic incantation that suddenly gives you Jesus' authority or power. Rely on Jesus and pray. And we're going to learn a lot more about that. We're going to learn maybe a little more intricacies, a little more ins and outs of that over the coming weeks. But simply this week is to be praying for the spiritual war that affects your life daily. Amen? So for now, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to worship as always. I don't want the focus to be on Satan and what he would say about you, but what God has already made true about you through the cross and through your faith. I also know that this can sometimes be a difficult subject, particularly if, if you grew up in a culture that mocked spiritual warfare made a mockery of it in some way or another, or maybe you came out of a dark background, maybe you're still in one. This might be a difficult couple of weeks for you. And we want to be there for you. We want to be praying for you and talking to you from day one. So as we worship, I'm going to invite anybody who wants to to come to the back simply to start those conversations and to start praying with us. And I also know how awkward it is to try and get out of the pews in the middle of a song when the floor creaks and everybody can see you. <laughs> so as we stand up, I'm just going to ask if you're standing or if you're sitting on the end of the pews here, would you just spread out a few feet? Step a few feet to the left and the right and let's just spread through this room and give people a chance to move and move to the back and spend some time praying. Right.